LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. This is the Unseen Leadership Podcast, where we explore the unseen stories that shaped leaders into who they are today. Our leadership, wherever we're contributing, comes from within, and we lead out of who we are. And I think the most significant person you have to lead is yourself. Well, welcome to the Unseen Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Chandler Vinoy, here with Dan Knighton. Dan, how's it going? It's going well. I'm excited today that we've got Mark Gothier, who serves as the Vice President of Crew and is the Director of Everything Going On in the United States with Crew uh, with us today. So, Mark, really grateful to have you. Tell us a little bit of what you're doing. Yes, Dan and Chandler, thanks for letting me join you in the great tag adventure that you and a lot of people listening to this are on. So, I I have the privilege of getting to be part of a movement of men and women across the country that are believing God to give people a chance to know Jesus Christ and grow in their faith and be mobilized to make a difference in their world. And so I, I lead crew here in the U.S. and uh, our vision is simply to come alongside people to give them give. Uh, people an opportunity to know Christ and grow in their faith. And of course, we're just a small part in the body of Christ, but we love the privilege of joining with God's kingdom workers. And uh, of course, our vision is the world. And so a lot of what we do is focused on how do we contribute in the greatest way to furthering God's kingdom on this planet. And so that all would have a chance to know him. I love that, Mark. You know, even when I saw the opportunity for us to be able to, to speak with you, a crew is had a huge impact on my life. I went to the University of Tennessee in Knoxville and got connected through crew. And it, it was just an incredible season for discipleship and, and growth and learning about evangelism is just a, a, an amazing ministry. And, you know, even before we hit record, we were all just talking about connections through crew. And it just mm-hmm. seems it is such a beautiful ministry that the Lord is using to capture college students, to disciple them, but then also to send them across the world, just as you said, you know, you're overseeing what's happening in the U.S., but crew is sending people all over the world, which is amazing. So, you know, I I know you shared just a little bit, but what what is it something that you guys are doing right now that you're just like, man, if I can just share, I'm excited about this. Would love to hear what what, maybe something that you're just really excited about. Oh, yeah. Well, here's here's the deal that jazzes me is that God's heart is for all eight billion people plus on the planet. And we feel like he has given us so many incredible people and resources. And so we have a focus and crew uh, across the board of our ministry to contribute and send to the world as many as possible in the next couple of years. And so we have a ministry with pro athletes, college athletes, families, the embassy, military, high school, college. And uh, we're mobilizing to see how how can we engage as many people as possible to go to the world with the gospel? And we have some pretty cool opportunities coming up in uh, 2025. We have the world cup and um, Oh my gosh, or 2026, excuse me. That's, that's amazing. So what might God do with, 
One billion people watched the World Cup this year. One billion. Hmm. How might we use the platform of sport to engage people with the greatest message the world needs to know? So I'm pretty excited about that. And we have uh, we're seeing God open up windows across the world, in particular in the Middle East. And um, we call that for the U.S. the open window partnership. And there is a, a receptivity in that part of the world and that part, that religious perspective that is giving us an opportunity that we haven't seen in decades. Mm-hmm. So. I love that. Well, Mark, we're going to hop in here to uh, the questions. And, you know, here, here with the role you're in now, can you walk us through just a quick overview of the different leadership roles over the years that led you to where you are today? Yeah, sure. Well, interesting for me, I think that uh, in my heart, I came, I came to know the Lord in college. And uh, we'll get into some of the most significant experiences we've had. That was the foundational one for me. But I always had a desire to make a difference in the world, even before I came to know the Lord. And so I uh, I think the first big thing graduating from high school was I, I wanted to serve in the military. And uh, the reason I did, it was clear in my mind, I wanted to lead women and men in a great cause. And so I went to school on a, uh, an Army ROTC uh, scholarship and that was the kind of post high school the first thing but then um fast forwarding real quick to uh crew <laughs> i was my first official leadership role was leading a team at uh, a campus in boston and then uh trusting god beyond that to uh lead a ministry and start something that was fresh and new for us in the U.S. to focus on not just the one campus where I was, but on the 68 campuses, 300,000 plus students. Mm, Alongside of that, believing God to plant a ministry in Tashkent, Uzbekistan, and a church, which we had the privilege of doing. That was awesome. Then um, I journeyed. I I, uh, was asked to lead our field ministries and crew in the U.S. uh, campus works on campus and had a role of directing LD leadership development human resources which I'd never had any experience doing that it's one of the most tr- transformational experiences of my life led the campus ministry as a whole for 18 years and now I lead crew in the US and then also uh, our global I have a global hat I wear over Canada uh, New Zealand Australia and the Pacific Islands well, hopefully you get to go visit some of those places then regularly I <laughs> No way. Hey, that's what I'm thinking, Dan. Yeah. It's a long plane flight, though, over there. I will say that. <laughs> yes, that is very true. So tell us um, about a kind of a pivotal moment when you look back that kind of changed your leadership and your life. Yeah. Well, I think bar none, the most significant event in my life was when I became a follower of Jesus and I uh, wasn't ra- raised in a Christian home. And I'm from Utah. We were in a community where we were the kind of the anti-religious family mm. and um, my dad was an agnostic and you know, we kind of did all the things that you don't do in that environment and so in at the uh like you chandler i, I got uh, someone shared christ with me in college and, and started to cite me and change my life mm. and so bar none that was the most significant pivotal event in my life and then uh, two others was coming to the place of surrendering to saying, Jesus, it's all yours. 
do whatever you want mm. me to do. I signed away the title deed of my life to the Lord in 1981, January the 23rd. And then I think learning about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So I know uh, that's kind of, uh, we're saying, wow, that's that's kind of what we all do. And it's true. But for me, those those three topics to this day continue to grip me and are the foundation in the context for, for my leadership. And so leadership wise, specifically, I think early on, I, all, I felt always the underdog. I never felt qualified to lead anything I was uh, invited into. And um, I think the first experience that I had where that was so real was being asked to lead a team into Romania in 1982 or 83. And uh, when it was communist and wow. I was a student, I felt so unqualified. And, and those experiences there, just deepened the, the significance of those first three things that I shared and then made me recognize that God is so sufficient to provide for me in whatever we cost. And that's carried on to this day. Mark, that's I love that so much. And one of the things I'm thinking about when you say that is you said I was a college student at the time and I was mm -hmm. placed in a leadership position to lead a team into Romania. I mean, some people would go, that's a little crazy. <laughs> um, but I think what I what I really appreciate about crew and other college ministries and, and who really want to develop leaders and disciple young Christians is you, they, they push students and young leaders into places of leadership where they believe in them and somewhat out of their comfort zone. So how have you seen that? I mean, you are dealing with college students, you are leading an organization that pours into them. So there's young leaders who may be in college, they may be right out of college. What would you say to that young leader who's going, hey, I'm not ready yet. Like if somebody asked me to go lead a team to Romania, I'm just not ready. What would you say to that yeah. college student, young leader who doesn't feel prepared Chandler I love the way you set that question up that's really <laughs> amazing and I'll tell you it's been that it's been younger leaders throughout the history of the world that God has used mm. to change the course of the world and to make a difference for his name his glory and so what what I would say in, in my own experience I've never felt ready to do anything God has asked me to do. Mm. yeah I mean I sure I have some skills and Abilities, and I, I can articulate that. I, and as I've gotten older, I understand more of that. But I was challenged uh, as a sophomore in college by a book I read called The God Smuggler by Brother Andrew. Mm -hmm. And it's about a guy, you guys probably know it, many will probably know of that book, who smuggled Bibles across the, the borders into the former Soviet Union in Eastern Europe. And there's a little prayer on the back of his book that has stayed with me to this day and his prayer was this and he would pray this when he would go across the border lord jesus when you were on earth you made blind eyes to see i pray now that you would make seeing eyes blind and he would drive across the border and with these bibles wow. and see god do miracles now not it didn't always happen like that where it would have a nice pretty ending but i i read that and it gripped my heart i thought lord 
I want to believe you for the things that only you can do. And I am inadequate. I have a broken life. And there are a lot of things that, well, God has put me in situations and to break me. I'm sure we'll get into that. But I would just say, step out in faith embrace where you sense God may be leading you and you won't have what it takes. We never have the food to feed the 5,000. That's the point God does. And I find, and my challenge to leaders is you get what you ask for and see what you're looking for. In other words, you know, we don't have to step out of faith and then we won't see God providing. But when we step out in faith, which is predicated on the fact that I don't have what it takes, God does. We see him work. So that's my encouragement. Readiness is important. Yes, we want to keep developing our skills. I don't think it's ever a prerequisite for leadership. Yeah. Yeah. And God, God is God is going to be faithful. God's going to be faithful yeah. to what he's called you to do. And I think what I love about crew, I wasn't a part of it. I went to a Christian college as a crew wasn't on my campus, but my wife was very active in crew in uh, at Michigan State. And um, she, you know, she was prompted to do leadership. And what I think she loved about about it is that she was supported so well by the crew staffers and volunteers that were a part of that ministry that really encouraged her that she could do that those leadership roles that's fun to hear dan and, and uh, whether there or bethel because i know you two were challenged but yes we want to <laughs> absolutely we want to support people as they step out and do our best to resource them so that they feel that support and empowerment. You know, as you're talking, it's not always when you step out in faith, like you said, it's not always going to go exactly how you planned it. It's not always going to go well. Uh, the Lord is going to teach you maybe sometimes when you step out and you aren't as prepared as you thought you were. So when you, when you look back on young Mark, what was one of the biggest mistakes as a leader getting started that you look back on? You know, um, sometimes I just kind of shudder and I think, wow, you know, it, it is just a, to my point that God uses people when you step out in faith. By the way, one other thought that on uh, your last question, I I, I remember reading uh, a little bit on the about how John Mott was appointed the leader of the student volunteer movement, which up until recent history was the single most effective missionary sending movement. You guys probably talked about that. John Mott was a student that uh, later got involved in the student volunteer movement. But uh, Charles Ober, who was the uh, president of YMCA at the time, had to make a decision for who are they going to put in place to lead this growing student volunteer movement. And there's a great quote. I'm just going to paraphrase it. I don't have it uh, with me right this moment. You have to look at it. But he said, I put I put uh, John Mott in the role of leadership, not because he was the most effective, but because of what I believe would be his future contribution to the world. And that, that guy got it. It's that you push John Mott into a position of leadership, it's going to develop him. And lo and behold, he's going to get a Nobel Peace Prize uh, someday down the road, et cetera, et cetera. So sorry, I just thought of that and wanted to share that. So to my young, my younger self, I would have said, pay attention to what's going on inside of my life. My emotions, the times when I'm getting agitated, when I'm anxious, when I feel ashamed 
when I feel mm. embarrassed, Mark, don't push those down and stick your head down and just blow on and move through that. I'm a survivor. That's part of my story. I, um, I'm i going to figure out a way. I, I am. And that's been something God's had to just continue to take me deeper in understanding. It's not about me. But my emotions, I will just say... I got tripped up with this later in life and and in terms of God just taking me to a deeper place. And I wish that I would have not tried to just gut it through and kind of be in my head and not look at what's my sense of joy and peace and what's going on. Just ask the second, third question. I didn't do that very often. Yeah, that can be a challenge as a young leader. I, I felt that challenge of like, not not pushing to ask those deeper questions to somebody or you know find out a deeper root of of something that's going on so that's that's super insightful you know you've already talked about god smuggler and how important that was to you in your faith walk and in your leadership is there other other books that you wish somebody would have given you when you were just starting to lead well i'll tell you i i think i go back on this topic uh I think books on the area of the inner life, character, the priority of growing your character, Henry Cloud and boundaries. Henry was very influential in my life later on. And I wish I would have been challenged in that area more. I read a, a book. It's the only book I've ever read apart from the Bible, where the moment I finished reading it, I started it over again because it was so significant. It's called Life Without Lack by Dallas Willard. And Dallas, in that book, he, he didn't write that. It's a, a collection of his messages that he, he gave in interacting with a small group in his church. And they collected them afterward, after he died and, and put it into a book. But the vision that he gives of what does it mean that uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He is my provider for everything. So it gets back to the internalization of God's sufficiency in my life. And sometimes for me, just that emotional, that those emotions are are a window into areas where I'm not trusting God. I'm not internalizing that in my life. You know, Mark, I kind of want to, I'm going to ask a question that we didn't prepare for, but I know it's going to probably be in your wheelhouse. I mean, you're dealing with college students and just crew and all of that. And as somebody's thinking through, maybe it's their college years, maybe it's even right after those are just pivotal years. I mean, really 20 to thirties, you're trying to figure out, man, what is God's calling on my life and calling? And there's so many times that college students are wrestling through with that. I know you, you wrestled through with that. The Lord, you know, worked in your life. How, how should a young leader, how should they really try to wrestle with, man, what is God's call on my life? What's the purpose? I know that's a question that pops up often. And especially in today's culture, everybody wants their life to count and matter. What advice would you share with young leaders in that space? Yeah, I love that question. And that's an incredible journey that I think God takes us on to to teach us what does it mean to hear his voice and to know what he's asking us to do. So just a couple thoughts uh, on that one. Uh, Number one is that God wants me to know his will more than I want to know. 
I believe that firmly. And what that leads me to is the second point, is that not only does he want me to do what he's called me and created me to do, and again, there's a lot of latitude. I mean, that isn't like, I've got to find that one pinpoint thing, but he has a plan for me so I can trust him with that. But second, he loves me. He loves Mm -hmm. me. And if he loved me so much that he died on the cross for me, for me, then he loves me so much that he's worthy for me to say, God, here's my open hands. What do you want me to do? I put my relationships on the altar. I put my career on the altar. I put my expectations on the altar, my my gifts, my weaknesses. Here they are, Lord. How do you want to use those in this world? I think that's foundational, Chandler and Dan, in my mind. And I know you guys believe that, too. And that's a deep work in the spirit of God. Third, I think we, we can know that he's given us his Holy Spirit. He's promised that to guide us into all truth. So that means he'll do that. So how does he do that? Well, there's a lot of factors there in my mind. It's like, what do I want to do? What are my passions? Where does it seem like God's hand has been on my life? You know, when I'm when I'm in my math courses, I feel his pleasure. I love to do numbers. They just like bam in my head. I love to teach. I mean, what is it that he wants me to do? What are godly counselors, people that are walking with the Lord, have to say to me? What is their counsel? What do my parents say to me? I think parents play an instrumental role and not all all people. My dad didn't know the Lord and he came to know the Lord a couple of years after I did. So, but I still think parents have a a voice. And I think um, as you think about those kinds of things, that will help help you to discern. The other thing is God isn't asking you to make take a job for the rest of your life. He's saying just take the next right step. And he because he wants you to know it more and do it more than you want to do it, he'll show you if you're in the wrong place. He'll lead you. Yeah. That's a freedom yep. in my mind. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. There's so many and, people they're like, this is where I'm gonna be for the, <laughs> the next 20, 30 years. It's like, no, like, yeah. I love that. The next right step. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I I'm grateful to hear those words. And I, I think for me as a young leader, I had the like, I want to be in this role. I want to have I want to be at the top of the pyramid and all those sorts of things coming out of college. And you know, that's yeah. that's not necessarily what God wants. It's sort of you gotta take things step by step and you know. Even though I wanted a certain role, like that's not how God gifted me and how I was going to serve in his kingdom um, here on earth. So I'm curious, you know, as you look back at your life and as you interact with so many young leaders around the country and around the world, like what are some characteristics that you wish you had as a young leader or that you would encourage somebody else to kind of pursue as they start off their leadership journey? Yeah, great question. I think first and foremost, our leadership, wherever we're contributing, comes from within. And we lead out of who we are. And I think the most significant person you have to lead is yourself. And I think that that has been a lifelong 
principle for me that I've really sought to pay attention to. So regardless of where uh, you're at and how big of your job in your mind you have, it's it's really number one, it's there. It's second of all, we think about in our context, we have a, a framework we use for developing leaders. Um, we call it a, the, the five E's of development. And, you know, there's a lot of ways to cut, slice and dice leadership and development. We've done it this way to help us. But we say leaders are developed, first of all, in an environment of grace and truth, that there needs to be the grace Grace is just giving you something you don't have that you need. It's uh, forgiveness. It's freedom to, f- to make mistakes and truth, the honesty that you need. So an environment of that. Second is we need some teaching, education. What are the truths that you need to get for doing what you're doing? That's an important thing in your leadership. Third is experience. What are the experiences that you need to develop you? Fourth is evaluation, real-time feedback. This is a big one. This has been a big one in my life. People that have spoken into me, it's not always easy, but that's super important. And then the fifth is the exposure. Who are the who are other people you can be exposed to? Like this podcast is a great example of that. Just listening to other leaders. So the ex, one of experience is super important. I just say take as many stretching opportunities as you could take, and think about it this way. It says without the Bible makes it clear without faith it's impossible to please God. So sometimes the best indicator of your, the fact that you're doing the right thing is, is this going to cause my faith to grow? And faith means I don't have it all together, not always sure what to do. So step into those opportunities. And uh, I think that'll that'll help you as you grow in your leadership. That's such a great framework. Uh, the five E's of development. Thanks for sharing that. I think I think a lot of that's that's really practical and just handles that. Somebody can go, okay, like these are some things I need to look at. Not only the characteristics that I want to develop, but these will help develop those within me. So thanks for sharing that. Well, Mark, we're going to move to the quick hitter questions here. And these are just short one minute answers. And we're going to get started with this one. What is your ideal daily routine? So what time do you wake up, get into the office, all that good stuff? Yeah. little caveat on this. There's 8 billion people in the world. Every one of us made uniquely in the image of God. And that means that he knows knows that we all have a specific way that we connect with him and we're not all the same. And so there you go. I always put that on the front end. I'm not the model on this, but this is, <laughs> this is what I do for me. And I figured this out. Um, I, I require a lot of time and reflection and uh, just input into my soul to lead out of. So my days usually begin between five and six, uh, ideally. And uh, which means I got to be committed to going to bed at a decent time to be able to do that. I don't I don't buy into the lead, live on as little sleep as I can get. I need I have a certain <laughs> amount that I try to get. So that that's one thing. I get my coffee and I start my day with a about a 10 minute uh, time of just list silence. And I say, Lord, mm-hmm. speak. I don't write anything down. I'm not I tried. It's hard. Some days are a lot harder than others. Uh, Then I move into some time in the word and and, uh, prayer and uh, some other input. And then I focus. I have a couple hours or so plus that I just uh, look at. 
creative space to think and plan for the future, for my day, what might be coming upon me. And then I start meetings at a, if I can, it's not always there at about 11 o'clock. So my, I have somebody that helps me with my schedule and we try best we can to keep that. I went. We were for, first on the docket today. Apparently, then thank you, thank yeah. you, Mark, for that. We're all yeah. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Did you happen to have a, a favorite personality test? Does crew typically use any particular personality test when you guys are doing staff interviews or things like that? Yeah, we've used a lot of them. We've got them all out there, and we don't really uh, just have one that we always use but Myers-Briggs is kind of a common one that we use and I'm an an ENTP so uh, just I think that might be another question you would ask but yep yep. and those are helpful those are helpful in terms especially understanding kind of where I need to grow and develop weaknesses strengths etc and also to understand other people what is an unusual habit that helps you in your leadership? Yeah, that's good. My weird, quirky things. <laughs> I have tried to create a very clear process for how I need to grow personally and what I, mm. I want to do. And I have a strong bias towards some very foundational things for me that I need to have in place to be effective. They relate to my time with the Lord exercise sleep and uh, my my role i'm i travel a lot and i i try to keep those with me wherever i'm at i i tend not to set up breakfast appointments Uh, i try to keep that as, as free as i can and again it's it's not a unusual thing i just think for me i i have a kind of a simple system and obviously the lord busts that at times and but i'm i I want to pay attention to that, but that's something that I've carried with me and I, I do it now. And it's, it's pretty much what I've done for years by and large, how I, what I do in those times might be a lot different, but uh, that I do those things I keep in place. So other, other than the Bible app, what is a favorite app that's on your phone right now? <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you. Yeah, I know. That's, I love that. Or, or if the, crew has an app. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. You know, the crew, yeah, go to the app store and download the Jesus Film app, uh, everystudent.com, or God Tools. Great apps. My favorite go. personal app is uh, Notability. And this is, yeah, right. I'm getting a, yeah. Yeah, Chandler love likes that. that. You like it. All right. I, I oh, This yeah. is why I like it. I feel, I mean, I can keep all my notes. I, I have my iPad or my phone with me obviously almost all the time and i don't know for me i find that note taking is a form of me just uh, expressing humility in that i want to learn and i want to when i'm in meetings with people i want to take notes like uh because i it matters what people are saying and uh, and also i i can't remember much so yeah, I like that one. Awesome. Notability is, is is great. I I have my iPad sitting beside me, and, and that really helps me because you know I have other papers spread out, and it allows you, like you said, just one central place. So maybe maybe you're listening to this, you go, man, I struggle with note taking. Uh, Notability is great. You can actually handwrite in there as well if you want to type. It's just it's a great resource for that. And, and Mark, I just want to point out something that you said. I mean, you are overseeing all of Cruise U.S. initiative. And you just said, it's a sign of humility when I take notes. And and I can't remember, we were on a podcast and someone was talking about this, but 
They said, you know, when the president of their organization stepped into a meeting that they were leading and opened their notebook, that expressed so much to them. Mm-hmm. Of, that they are there to learn and that they always want to learn. So I just really appreciate that, that you shared that. And also for, for all leaders listening, we can all learn, we can all take notes and yeah. even just having an open notebook. Uh, somebody mentioned, let's, let's just say, Mark, I was going to go grab coffee with you. One of the greatest things that I can do is take an, a notebook and keep it open and take notes that shows that I value your time. I've come maybe with questions and I want to take away things from our conversation. So I just didn't want to move past that because what you said, it, it does express humility in that. And what, what I, one word, of the things that challenge. I learned Thank er, you. early on, one of the first things somebody taught me early on in my career was never attend a meeting without a notebook and a pen, you know? Yeah. So wow. young leaders out there, take note of that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yes. All right, Mark, what has been the best book that you've read in the past six months? I've read some good books. I'll just say one that I really appreciated is called The Splendid in the Vile by Eric Larson. It's on uh, it's, it's one year in the life of Winston Churchill, beginning of World War mm. II, 1940. And this is why I appreciated it. I think one of the greatest challenges for leaders is how do you lead in crises? And um, we've all come out of a pandemic where uh, regardless of how broad our scope is of leadership, we've had to lead in that context, uh, the polarization of our culture in the last several uh, years, a lot. You have personnel crises, et cetera. So how do you do that? Winston Churchill, in my mind, in that book models, how do you stay centered? for him in like when all hell is breaking loose and the bombing of Mm -hmm. London. And so I was struck by that and his ability to rise above the crises and lead through it and not get, of course he's emotional and he's connected, but not let it swamp his boat in such a way that he can't serve the world and the nation at that time. You know, last kind of major question for you today is, you know, if you were to give uh, one sentence of advice to somebody that's going into a leadership position for the first time, the kind of what would you tell them? What would you want to let them know? I would go back in my own life to the three most significant uh, experiences I've had is number one, knowing Jesus Christ. And there's a lot in that what I'm doing, that he's with me, have a relationship with him. Secondly, that the sweet spot of life and whatever I'm doing is surrendered to Jesus Christ. And third is I'm not alone. He's given me his Holy Spirit. And I find it interesting in the, in the end of the book of Luke that Jesus says to, the, to his leaders to lead the kingdom of God moving forward. Listen, fellas, that's what I want you to do. I'm going to die and I'm going to leave. And I want you to wait, wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit to come. I find that so important. So that would be big picture. First thing. Second thing is pay attention to the character side of your leadership. Where are you getting feedback? Ask for feedback. It's so important. It's, it's easy for our competence to outstrip our character. And third, 
God is so much more committed to you than you are to yourself. And that process to whatever your future is down the road, I think Chandler, you said it, or maybe Dan, it's a circuitous process. It's not a straight line. It's going to be, you're going to be all over the map and it's going to be a walk of faith. Give yourself grace. Give yourself patience. God's got you and he's going to give you what you need when you need it along the way. So good. Such, such a great reminder and uh, just a great piece of advice for those who are listening. And Mark, thanks for joining us on the podcast and sharing about your leadership journey. And thank you for listening. We hope this has been helpful to you and your leadership. If it has, please leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast. Maybe share this episode with somebody that you think it could be helpful with. And we'll see you next time.